It's time for the February 25th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history. Broadcasting on this sunny winter's day from the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm, <clears throat> and I'm Mike Caspar. <clears throat> and as always, the player to be named later, Mahler the Fake News Dog. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's up, Mahler? You doing all right? Huh? <clears throat> He's yeah. a little bit concerned. About? Well, you know, the world. War? Yeah. War. War, declining environment. Yeah. Racial tension, taxes. Yeah. Yeah. The Lakers. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. The Lakers, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's the thing. I knew we'd hit it sometime. Today we'll be talking about story living, hot Jupiters, the Volkswagen group, ocean bonfire, anti-COVID chewing gum, and then some. But first, did you ever get hit by a meteorite, Mike? Not so far. Not so far. Not so far. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not yes. saying it couldn't happen, but not so yeah. far. You're like you're sitting around yeah. and you know, especially out of doors, you huh? look up at the mm-hmm. this great cosmos of ours right. that we're floating around in and you right. think, right. Huh, we've yeah. been lucky so far. So far, but you know, my problem yeah. is that I have read many, many times in scientific journals that if you have a high amount of magnesium in your body, yeah. that you are will attract a meteor. That if sounds like if there's BS one in the me. area. You've read scientific ma- journals. Magnesium is like a it's like a meteor magnet. It's like living in a trailer and getting hit by a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's the same thing. No. No. I don't. You know, people always say that. You know, they, why is it tornadoes always find trailer parks? Yeah. Well, the same reason that meteors find magnesium. <laughs> okay. Because they both began with the same letter. Oh yeah, that's T, that, uh, yeah. Tornadoes, trailer parks. Trailer park, yeah. Magnesium M, meteor. Meteors. Yeah, yeah. Magnesium. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, now that you put it that way. Did you ever get hit by a meteorite, Mike? Not so far. Yeah. From BBC News. Mm-hmm. A Christie's auction of rare meteorites. You know Christie's, right? Oh, yeah. I, yeah that auction I, house? I sell all my stuff there. A Christie's auction of rare meteorites sold a rock from space that narrowly missed a German shepherd when it smashed into his kennel in Costa Rica. Mahler. Costa Rica. Yeah. 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 A friend of yours, Mahler? Yeah. Oh, they're on. So. They're, they're, they're uh, huh. Facebook friends. So really? he knows. He, knows, he told me about it. My first question when I was offered the dog shed for auction was, was Roki okay? Yeah. Because Roki's the name of the dog. I would, yeah. And that was Roki's owner saying that. Yeah. yeah. I'm pleased to report that other than being uh, Sans dog shed. Boy, careful how you say that. Sans? Yeah, that part. He's doing just fine. Roki's yeah. doing fine. Good, good. That's good. And he's Sans dog shed. Be careful. The fragment that caused Roki to lose his home, a shard weighing 178.7 grams and covered with fusion crust. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing as fusion crust. I have no idea. I think if you use, uh, what's that, uh, crest toothpaste, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you'll get rid of your fusion crust. Yeah, yeah. The result of its fiery plunge through Earth's atmosphere, that's what fusion crust is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you come flying through an atmosphere, yeah. you pick up all the 
stuff in the atmosphere yeah. as you're going through, and yeah. it kind of cakes on and burns kind of in. Probably oxidizes you. As you're I going would through. hope so. Yeah. Anyway, this uh, this fiery uh, plunge, this fragment. Uh huh. This shard. It's, this shard sold for twenty one thousand four hundred and twenty dollars, a low price for the three by one and a half inch. Uh, carbonaceous chondrite stone that consists of calcium aluminum inclusions, the oldest matter humankind can touch. Wow. And there are people that collect meteorites. What? Yeah, okay. Yeah, what's that? What's that guy, the, that actor guy? Uh, you know, the guy that, that played in, like, he had a real good career, a dramatic career, and then he started playing in movies where things would explode. Eric Roberts? No. No, I don't know. Anyway, he collects yeah. meteorites. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just I blanked on his name. Okay. I was I was hoping because you're a movie expert. I know, and he's playing in like action movies now. Oh yeah, well he did play an action movie. Now he's got a movie. Uh, well, that's Pig, I think is in the Oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage collects meteorites. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Because what else is he gonna do? Well, there are weirder things to collect than meteorites. So that's kind of cool, actually. The wood and tin doghouse itself, complete with seven with a seven-inch hole mm -hmm. marking. Well, what else is going to have is hit by a meteorite? <laughs> it has a seven-inch hole marking where it doesn't mark where the meteorite punctured the roof. It is where the puncture, the meteorite punctured the roof. Yeah, yeah. Let's be let's be clear about well, that. Who writes this? Stuff? I don't know. Uh, no, the the, the doghouse actually got more. It got forty-four thousand dollars. The meteorite, only $21,000. Because it had shards of the meteor in it, right? Yeah, I, yeah, where I was read it, it or... they didn't say that. They just yeah. said it had a hole. Okay. Right. Uh, that was much less than the pre-sale estimate of between $200,000 and $300,000. Wow. For a doghouse with a hole in it. Wow. <laughs> what, would you buy that thing, Mahler? Would you? He's out in the well, bushes. He's out. You know what he's doing? He's, it was a, I don't want to hear about he's, it. No, he's out. I don't want to uh, hear I'll, about I'll it. I'll tell you about it later. It was a disappointing auction for Roki. Yeah. Uh, money from the sale of his meteorite and doghouse was donated by Roki and his owner to meteorite research. Hmm. But, you know, not enough. They were looking forward for more money. Yeah. I know what you were going to talk about with Mahler. No, I was. Have you ever smelled his poop? <laughs> I, Have I'm you not, ever smelled Mahler's no, poop? No, not intentionally. No, yeah. I can't. No, well, that's I can't what you're going to talk. You're no, going to say I Mahler's was, out in the bushes. No, no. I was. He was watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous oh. Dogs. Hmm. And because I'm sure that what's this thing called? What's the dog's name? Roki. Roki. Yeah. Probably cashed in big time. He probably has a really nice dog house now. Thirteenth floor elevator. Dog. Third, yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm sure that's what he was insanely jealous about today. This, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mahler's uh, excrement. Did yeah. you ever give it a sniff? You know, I've seen it. I've walked but by it, but it? I, no. Uh -uh. I'm not telling. You know, there's an old joke when I was in like second grade that we used to. Yeah? Yeah. What was it? That old joke you ever heard? About Mahler's poop? Well, it was, the joke was, well, it looks like it. If it, it looks like if it. If it feels like it. It, it feels it, like it. It smells like it. Yeah. Sure glad I didn't step in it. See, that was that That's was a, a joke? that was a joke from like you know third grade. Come that on, that was a joke. That, that was a golden oldie, buddy. Come on, that's not a joke. Well, it is a joke. That's a cautionary. The, the tale. joke is that you uh, had it in your hands. You had it. 
Uh, oh, I see. You you you, 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 you go. Hey, look at it. With the child pickup, it, it looks like you. it. It smells like it. It feels like it. Sure, glad I didn't step in. Well, that would be part of the setup, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you have to explain to people that you're right. walking up, holding uh, something that looks like poo. Yeah, and then, and you're, then and you, you say to your, you're you supposed say, to say to yeah. your buddies from United Press yeah. International, yeah. Uh, plant-based food pet pet food company. Yeah, in Britain is offering to pay a dog owner more than $6,000 to switch their dog's diet for two months and keep track of how their dog poop smells. Yeah. Wow. That's right, Molly. That's not a, that wow. is not, I don't think that's listed on LinkedIn for a job. You know, I don't think that's the kind of thing. I don't know this. I would like to see that. They might have done it. Indeed. If I were this company, Omni. In, indeed, yeah. Omni should, yeah, yeah. should post should that, on that on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. But what would be your qualifications if, you know, you were... A high tolerance for poop? High t yeah, who's going to put that in a resume? <laughs> I mean, if you want the job, you know, come on. I know, but... I, yeah, but... I, do people actually... Is there anyone on the planet that actually has that as part of the resume? Muller. Muller has an exceptionally high tolerance for poop. But he doesn't have it on his resume. Well, I guess not. Maybe not. Yeah. Omni, a company that specializes in plant-based dog food, said it is seeking a dedicated dog owner to sniff their dog's poop. This is their words. To test the effect a plant-based diet has on their dog's digestion, stool, odor, odor and general health. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. The winning applicant will be paid $6,685.82 <laughs> to use Omni's dog food for two months and report on the effects the food has on the animal's frequency of bowel movements, mm -hmm. poop odor, mm -hmm. energy levels, behavior, sleep patterns, weight, and fur conditions. Mm -hmm. Applicants are being accepted on the company's website through March 31st. For more information, visit Omni.pet. Okay. Omni.pet. Omni.pet. So if you have a dog uh -huh. and you'd like to feed it some of this Omni dog food and are uh, and up to doing the uh, bowel movement sniffing and right. other things like that, right. yeah. go for it, yeah. I say. Yeah. You'll probably get in an ad. Yeah. You know, an advertisement for Omni Pet Food. I'd love to see the copy on that, you know, I'd say. Here. Before you apply for the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. If this news makes you want to howl, may I recommend a donation to KUCI because we're just getting started. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free. Freeform, Free Speech Radio, KUCI, 88.9 FM. Yeah, there you go, Molly. Yeah. Who's your favorite Disney character, Molly? Who is it? Yeah? Uh -huh. Sleepy. <laughs> Sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't I know. guess. Why not? I can relate to that. <laughs> Why not? How about you, Mike? God, I knew you were going to ask me, and I I don't know that I have. Let's see. Not any. I mean, the easier there's a go-to. Well, there are, there are some go-tos, but yeah. I, I I find now as yeah. I as I advance in life uh -huh. that they're generally pretty obnoxious. The uh, I like Cruella. Oh, okay, Cruella. Yeah, yeah. Cruella. Um, yeah. I'll think about. It. I don't. Know. I can't think of one that I really would say I like. Snow White. Well, when I was eight years old, yeah, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, yeah, they were very strangely attracted to. 
Who? To both of them. Cinderella? Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty and oh, yeah. Cinderella. There you go. Yeah. So yours is Sleeping Beauty, mine is, is uh, Cruella. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Hmm. Speaking of things that smell, mm -hmm. from Los Angeles Times. Okay. Walt Disney Company is branching into real estate, announcing plans to develop residential story living communities yeah. around the country where fans will be able to live, make friends, and soak in the soul-sucking energy of Disney in their everyday exactly. lives. Exactly. It's a planned community. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Which is okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with planned communities. We're we are standing, standing in yeah, the middle yeah, of yes. the nation's, at one point in time, largest planned community. Yeah. 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 Uh, the first of the developments, Catino, is the name of it. Surprise! I, I was trying to figure out if there's a Disney character called Cotino. Maybe there's some kind of word they just kind of packed together at the Imagineering Center in yeah. Disney. Yeah, yeah Disney I, World. Yeah, I've been giving some thought to the character. Yeah, Who is one it? of the Seven Dwarfs. I'm not sure which one it would of the be. The Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Like dopey or sleepy you or like sneezy. The seven yeah, I do. I like the seven dwarfs. Uh -huh. Thank you. I like the the whole idea of the seven dwarfs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. What what would be a good name for uh, your dwarf that you like a lot? There. What do you think it is? <laughs> Super coolie. I Super don't know. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, oh God. Okay, go ahead. Please continue. Constipatey. <laughs> was always in a foul mood. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cotino mm -hmm. will be in, built in Riverside County's Rancho Mirage, near where Walt Disney once owned a home. Well, he probably owned homes a lot of places. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. Additional locations are also being explored. As we prepare to enter our second century, we are developing new and exciting ways to bring the magic of Disney to people who, wherever they are, expanding storytelling to story living. The whole I don't Di know how that works. The whole Disneyverse yeah. is troubling to me, and this is it's just one more kind of brick in the wall of why I dislike Disney. Yeah. It's just, there's something about it. And also, I cannot and I never will get over the idea that Walt Disney was a rat bastard. Yeah. Who rat, who essentially went to the House on American Activities yeah. Committee and essentially outed a bunch of people who's he, did career, he didn't essentially out them. Yeah, he did. He outed, he outed them. them. Who and who whose careers he ruined. He was and he and Reagan who yeah. did the, both of those guys did that back in the day, the mm -hmm. House on American Activity. There were others that did it. But I've just never get over that. And I'm so glad one of my favorite moments in in cultural history is when the hippies took over uh, that island, uh, the Tom Sawyer's Island. Tom Sawyer's island. Mm -hmm. I, it, it didn't mean anything. It just, I felt good about it. That's all. Well, it was a good place to take over. Yeah, it was. It was a great yeah. place. And so, yeah. I, I yeah. used to play there all the time. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I could go in there for hours. Just hang around on Tom Go Sawyer's. inside the caves and scream at people. <laughs> <laughs> That was, my, that was my favorite place at Disneyland. Well, that I, makes, I, I don't really remember Tom Sawyer's Island. I know I was on it a couple of times, but oh. I don't really remember much about it. That's, yeah, I believe that. Well, you went over on, I, a, on a little uh, uh, like you a, know, raft of Yeah, sorts. like a fairy raft kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then they had like a, a, like a 
water mill type of thing yeah, there, yeah, yeah. a couple of caves and a fort. Okay. Yes, I remember the, the fort. fort. Now that and you a lot that. of a lot of things to a barrel, uh, a bunch of barrels going across the water mm-hmm. where you could bounce the barrels because they floated. Mm-hmm. It was a bo- barrel bridge. Okay. And then a suspension bridge. Wow. You could shake it. Yeah. Yeah. It was no, real stuff. I yeah. think that's what I liked about yeah, it. Yeah. It wasn't like a ride. Yeah, you just got to you got to sort of expand your imagination while you were over yeah, there. Yeah, you stuff. got to if you fell off the barrel bridge, you'd fall into water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of real that. But Walt way. Disney was a pig. Okay, the new communities called Story Living by Disney will be open to all ages, with some neighborhoods segregated for old people. <laughs> Trained Disney cast members will operate the community associations, and Disney will provide access to curated experiences. Curated experiences. Yeah, I know what that means. Through a club membership, including wellness programming, live entertainment. Uh, Curated means we're going to shake them down for more money. Yeah. Wellness programming, live entertainment, yeah. and group sex. <laughs> which I, I, I wouldn't have expected what... that to be part no. of it, but you know. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah, yeah, I don't even know if I'd want to be friends with people who would want to be in this community. I don't even think I could really. I think we're 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 about we're gonna miss each other. Well, what happens different... in this community has to say their first Charles Manson. Yeah, what, what, <laughs> there you what go. <laughs> yeah, is Disney gonna do? Yeah. Is that part of the story yeah. living? Yeah, or the yeah. storytelling? <laughs> exactly. What will happen? Well. Will yeah. they make a movie? Yeah. You know, Charlie. Charlie. Charlie the movie. Yeah. The musical. Animated. Animated musical. Oh, yeah. Animated musical. Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, on the mm. Unabomber or Charlie Manson. And who can <laughs> forget the hit Pigs? <laughs> oink, oink. Yeah. From The Drive. Yes. The Drive. A cargo ship carrying close to 4,000 new Volkswagen Group vehicles went up in flames in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, but the fire is now dying down because there isn't anything left to burn. EV lithium-ion batteries were keeping the fire alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah, they do. They burn for, for a long time. Apparently. The cargo ship Felicity Ace. I don't know what that's about. Huh. Happy Ace? Huh. Or... It's a, I don't know. Somebody's, I mean, somebody, burning. somebody's daughter. It burned. Felicity Ace yeah. was on passage from Germany to the U.S. Estimates suggest the loss from the accident could be around $355 million. Of the 3,965 cars on board, 189 of them were Bentleys. Oof. About 1,000 of them were Porsches. And the remainder were Audis, Volkswagens, and Lamborghinis. Oh. That's a lot of car there. So... I know that oftentimes people pre-order cars and they yeah. put money down. I assume that they're going to get their money back, I would assume. Yeah, I don't know how this works. Yeah, I don't know yeah, the, yeah. you know, fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they were in, in I'm sure they were insured. insured. Yeah. From SciTech Daily, a new study shows that on the hot Jupiter exoplanet WASP-121b, Clouds are made of metal, and liquid rubies and sapphires rain down from the sky. That sounds like a Elton John song. What? It, what? It, what is? It is an Elton John song. Uh, in case you're wondering, a hot Jupiter is a class of gas giants that have physical similarities to Jupiter, but orbit their stars much closer, uh, so they're hotter. Hot Jupiters. Okay. This hot Jupiter is tidally locked, which means that it has one side that always faces the star, 
is orbiting, and the other facing away. On WASP-121b star-facing day side, metals and minerals evaporate. The day side's upper atmosphere can get as hot as 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit, Ouch. so hot that water in the atmosphere glows and molecules breaks down. Uh, but on the planet's night side, the atmosphere temperature is essentially cut in half. This difference in temperature causes strong winds to blow from west to east around the planet, pulling water through the atmosphere from the day side to the night side. While water clouds don't form, metal clouds, metal clouds form. Mm -hmm. There's also evidence of metals condensing and raining down in the form of liquid gems. From space.com. There's an ongoing controversy about an object that will smash into the far side of the moon next month. First thought to be the upper stage of the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket that launched the Discover Earth observation spacecraft in February 2005, it was then tagged as a leftover from the launch of China's Chang's 5T1 lunar mission in 2014. However, however, during a press briefing earlier this year, China Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said that cannot be the case, as the Chang'e 5T1 upper stage burned up completely in Earth's atmosphere shortly after liftoff. But it turns out, one of our folk yeah. said that, no, you got name, the name is switched. There's a Chang T15, and there's a Chang 5. Okay. Now, we reported on the Chang 5, Chang E5, which got lunar samples in December of 2020. So went down, scooped, China had its first lunar samples, and they found some interesting things up there. So whatever, Chang 5 is going to smash into the backside of the moon Right. Uh, how, I think it's like March 4th. Yeah. I don't know how big of a chunk of this and if would it have any is it possible in any way that it could affect the orbit of the moon? No. Not big enough. Okay. Just just ask. No. Yeah, okay. That would take more than Well, I am asking. To... I mean, I cuz you know, it wasn't a huge as, uh, asteroid or meteor that essentially changed the It's not this isn't an asteroid. Okay, it's just a I know, but a piece of something slamming into the surface of a planet can sometimes I imagine this would be like if a Prius hit the moon. Okay. And you asking me Well if I'm asking if a Prius because our view, our our listeners need to know. Because I'm asking the probing questions. That I don't brings know this to bear I call it paranoia. Journalism. I don't know. Well, it's well, another P word. You you apparently don't know our demographic very well. From Scientific American. A new study suggests that a type of chewing gum mixed with a protein that is a gateway for infections with the novel coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2 could serve as a low-cost way to help prevent its spread. Okay. Chewing gum that can prevent COVID. I like that. The angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, or ACE protein, ACE2 protein, uh, which is present on the surface of many human cells, can be mixed into chewing gum. And it goes into the mouth, and that's one of the main places. That's fact number one place yeah. where COVID hangs out. Yeah. Uh, the combination uh, of uh, the cell surface receptors blocking sites where the virus typically infects us, the combination effectively prevents the pathogen from infecting cells in your mouth. So there you go. Okay. Good. In additional research, if additional research bears out the findings, the gum could face could join face masks and hand sanitizer in the arsenal. 
for curbing the virus's spread. So you know how you walk into a room and there's people standing around and they're talking to each other and there's yeah. that one guy who's chewing gum like loud and hard? No. Like he's just chewing on it like there was no tomorrow? So we're going to walk into a room of you know and find five or six or ten people, half the people will yeah. be chewing like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to have a hard time with that. You think? Yeah. But I think so. Well, I mean, that's I a polite way to chew. You don't like people who chew gum. I, I don't like people who who do that thing where you can hear them chewing gum. Where they open their mouth and yeah, chew Yeah, they're their chewing gum. while they're talking. Yeah. For some reason, they think that's kind of cool to do. You're just, yeah. So What this sounds like what you're do you hanging about, out in, in what the about those part of town. What about those Rams won the Super Bowl? This Really? Yeah. Where do you go? Do you go to sport bars? Is that where this happens? No, it's just, just uh, my dog does that a lot. Your dad, you my said? Dog. My dog does your that. Dad. I talk to my dog. My dog your, talks your to dad. me. Your dad. My dad. My dad. Your dog doesn't chew gum. When she has to. No, she doesn't. Okay. <laughs> chew gum. It's your Apparently, dad. Go ahead and admit it. Your dad chews <laughs> gum chew loudly. Gum. He does not. My dad does not. For the record, my Frank, dad he cut does it out. not chew gum loudly. God's sake. He shoots her. You're listening. What? He shoots up heroin. That's what I was listening yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 F. He shoots up heroin? Mm-hmm. And he does it very loudly. He shoots up heroin. How do you do that loudly? Well, just after he does it, then he just lets out this bellow. Like he just howls. And then he goes, <laughs> And says, give me some gum. Give me some gum. <laughs> yeah. And when is Tucker going to be on? That, those are the things he tends to say. Uh, what about that Tucker guy? All right, we'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Why well, talk about right chance. now? No, yeah, we'll wait for a. Let's wait for a. Moment. What do you want to talk about, Tucker? About how he's saying that? Yeah. Putin. Yeah. You know, are, yeah. Are, we shouldn't be upset about Putin. We should yeah. be more upset about. Yeah. And in the context, I get there is an argument to be made. That, that, the, the fact that. They are bordered by someone who has been antagonistic towards your co- country for a long time, NATO. Yeah. The idea of a, of a large body of armies associated with something that is right on your border yeah. is something to be considered and, 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 and given some consideration. Let me yeah. put it that way. I get that yeah. any country who was that close to a, a hostile military force would have some objections to it. Yeah. In a normal world, with a normal leader and a normal country. Yeah. That's not the case with Russia. But and Tucker Carlson has gone out of his way to defend Putin. And, well, I, I don't I wasn't ready, quite ready to make this argument right now, but yes. Would you want to wait five minutes? Well, I just want to gather my thoughts. But I have one other thought that I do definitely want to talk about. The the start of the war. Okay. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Uncontrollable wildfires are intensifying with the rise in greenhouse gas emissions, according to a sweeping global report by the United Nations Environmental Program, who said communities are not prepared for the escalating damage. 
Even with deep cuts to greenhouse gas emissions, the UN analysis projected the risk of these extreme wildfires would rise 14% by 2030, 30% by 2050, and by the end of the century, 50%. Yeah. The authors of the report define extreme wildfire as an unusual or an extraordinary free-burning vegetative fire that harms the society, the economy, or the environment. I would say all three, wouldn't I? Yeah, I would too. Such fires are burning longer, hotter, and more intensely, often evading control, and have more, even moved into territory that should be waterlogged or frozen like peatland or permafrost. Fires are changing because we are changing the condition in which fire occurs, it said. Due to a combination of climate change and land use change, there has been a dramatic shift in wildfire patterns worldwide. Some areas like the Arctic will probably experience a significant increase in burning. Tropical forests in Indonesia and the southern Amazon are also expected to experience increased fires if greenhouse gas emissions continued unchecked. So we're go we got a country, Russia. Yeah, Siberia. Who is pretty much, you know, that's what their economy is based on, right. is gas, yeah. natural gas and coal. Right. That's what Russia is doing. That's, yes, that's how right. they, if we cut that out of their economy, they pretty much collapse. That's right. They're, most of their economy is promoting climate change. Right. Or the climate crisis. They're, they're causing, they're their main product is the primary cause of climate yeah. change. Yeah. Are you, are you no, ramped I, up yet? For, no, no. And I'm just saying your, the, the whole idea I cut last, not last summer, but the summer before Siberia was basically on fire. A good chunk of Siberia was on fire yeah. for the entire sum, summer. And, and so was the area the um, Arctic circle in Alaska has now wildfires on a, on a regular basis. This is unheard of. The permafrost is melting, and along with it, the exposure on the ground of all kinds of spores and viruses and things that have not been in the atmosphere for hundreds of thousands of years. And just in, on, along the continuum of Russia and its desire to have some economy that's, that was viable, they will continue to pump more and more and more carbon-based fuel into the atmosphere. Yeah. Speaking of superpowers that are addicted to petroleum, from Mother Jones, no one, not even the president or the Environmental Protection Agency, is going to get in the way of Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's fleet of gas-powered mail trucks, except Louis DeJoy himself. Why is he still the Postmaster General? Because they have to vote against him. He the board has to dismiss him, I know. And why hasn't Biden been able to appoint enough people to do that? I thought he had. I thought he had, too. And I'm not really sure how that... I'm sure there's a timing issue here. Yeah. The way votes I know come they, up. Yeah, and they, they, they come don't. up for their, their the office is yeah. for so long for these guys who are on the board. Right. Despite the EPA's objections, DeJoy's Postal Service has finalized a $6 billion contract with Oshkosh Defense for 165,000 new mail trucks, 90% of which would be gas-powered vehicles insane. getting 8.6 miles per gallon. That is insane. This goes against a Biden initiative to make federal vehicles electric, and it goes against logic. 
Gas-powered vehicles are fueling climate change, which is intensifying wildfires and increasing the frequency and severity of tropical storms. Electric mail trucks wouldn't solve the climate crisis, but they'd be a step in the right direction. The new gas-powered trucks could cause $900 million in climate damages. Biden has suggested that federal agencies phase out the use of gas-powered trucks, but he has no power to compel the United States Postal Service, an independent agency, to do so. But the biggest problem with Louis DeJoy's acquisition of gas-powered trucks, aside from the contrib from contributing to climate change, is Louis DeJoy himself. Yes. You see, Louis DeJoy failed to initiate a mandatory environmental review until after awarding the contract to Oshkosh Defense. When the Postal Service did ultimately conduct an environmental review, the EPA contended that it was deeply flawed. Even as DeJoy moves forward with his plan to purchase new trucks, the insufficiency of the environmental review could be enough to invalidate the contract in court. Yeah. Well, that's the good news. That happens all the time in local government where people will challenge an environmental impact report. Yeah. And oft, if they win, oftentimes that's enough to kill the project. Or at least until they make the modifications that they need to. You ramped up enough to talk about... Well, I want to the... talk about the war, the, the, the war, the invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. The... And just... Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Yeah. Yes. Did I not say that? Yes. Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Okay. I'm watching this the last... Obviously, I think all of us have been watching the news for, for this. And the last four or five days prior to the actual invasion, I was as I was watching what was unfolding and people kept talking about the probability of the invasion going forward, I had this feeling come over me that that the hopelessness of, of not being able to to affect it from not happening. And it reminded me it reminded me of two thousand and three. That this is how the rest of the world must have felt as George Bush was ramping up to invade Iraq. That's the way we felt. Well, that's the way we felt, but the rest of... I'm just saying as an outsider, I don't live in Ukraine or Russia, but so I can't... I had no impact on stopping it from happening. But I want to remind people that in February of 2003, the largest demonstration in the history of the world occurred. Somewhere between 10 and 15 million people demonstrated around the world before the invasion occurred. Yeah. A month before it occurred. But at least there was there was a, some hope that we, that would stop it would be stopped. This was maybe enough to keep Bush from moving forward. It wasn't, and I can imagine as someone residing outside the United States, the hopelessness of watching it happen, and the anger that would have accompanied that the fact that the United States, knowing full well that the war is based on a lie, as is the Russians' invasion of Ukraine, based on a lie, and my point here is in terms of putting aside the fact that Putin is a despicable, vile, horrible bastard and he needs to be punished. The fact is that both of those instances, a war was based on a lie and everyone knew it and it still happened. And this, that's the thing I want people to kind of wrap their head around is that is what the, that's the world we live in now. Well, it's always been the world we lived in. But we know it now. I think you can make the argument back in the early, before, before times, that people would hear that this is probably not a, like the Gulf of Tonkin. Even at the time it happened, this was the precursor to the war in Vietnam. A lot of people knew that that wasn't a provocation. 
but not enough people knew. Now we're watching in real time. We're going to watch a war based on the amount of coverage in, in Ukraine. We're going to be watching a war in real time as it as it happens. That's new. That's a new thing for us the, in the United States. So I think there are some things changing here, but what's not changed is knowing that a war is based on a lie and it still happens. Well, there was a reason for the war. Which is? Which is economic and religious. Which one are we talking about? We're talking about the Ukraine. Both of them. Well, yeah, both of them. Both yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. I, the root causes, I, you're right. You're yeah, right. You're the absolutely right. root causes right. for the war. So people need a reason to go to war. Right. And they'll manufacture one if they don't get one. Right. But I think the that, that's happened forever. Yeah. The but, problem is, is happens on such a large scale now. And the technology is so advanced right. that we could, we can all watch it, and ultimately we can all blow up on account of it. But we also now have a cognitive reason to understand that it is, in fact, a lie and it still happened. A cognitive As, reason. I don't know what you mean. Well, I mean, we see it. We're watching. We're experiencing right. it. We Just know so. that we know that Putin's um, allegations of of genocide against Russians in these two provinces is a lie. Yeah. As was that weapons of mass destruction were being created. As was Colin Powell's lie. Yeah, he was lying. And again, I just, I think it's important to say it out loud. Okay. Okay. I'll say it out loud. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Was that it? Yeah. I thought you were going to do something on... Yeah, that's enough. On, that's uh, enough. That's... What's his name? Tucker. Yeah, that's enough. From The Guardian. Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is backing a controversial proposal to strip $200 million in education funding from Democratic counties that defied his executive order last year banning mask mandates in schools. So he's punishing Democrats for trying to save lives. Right, 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 right. DeSantis, who is, like, is widely seen as the leading heir to the talking yam in the Republican Party, plans to send the money instead to mostly Republican counties that supported him. Yeah. Uh, the plan, which is almost certainly unconstitutional, was part of a budget bill that passed the Republican-dominated Florida House. It was immediately attacked by teachers' unions, school districts, and education advocates who say the penalties would strip further resources from classrooms in a state already in the bottom four of per-student spending nationally. Yeah. What's happening in Florida is is obscene. Yeah. That's just too bad. And you what we're gonna have a presidential candidate he's, from Florida. Yeah, he's now. he's I would say, because I think the Yam's gonna end up in front of the docket. He's gonna be in front of a judge during yeah. the during the campaign if he's running again. Yeah. I think DeSantis is the is their front runner. I think he, he will be their nominee. From the New York Times. The bald eagle, whose resurgence is considered one of the great conservation successes stories of the 21st century, is facing a serious threat, lead poisoning. Researchers who tested the feathers, bones, livers, and blood of 1,200 bald eagles and golden eagles, another bird of prey in, northern, in the Northern Hemisphere, found that nearly half of them had been exposed repeatedly to lead, which can lead to death and slow population growth. Scientists believe that the primary source of the lead is spent ammunition from hunters who shoot animals that eagles then scavenge, usually during the winter. 
Nearly a third of the birds tested also showed signs of acute poisoning or short-term exposure to lead. Lead poisoning can prevent an eagle from digesting food properly, eventually leading to starvation. It can cause loss of locomotion so severe that an eagle will lose the ability not only to fly, but also to move at all. So there's our... Uh, That's America. Yeah. That's our symbol, isn't it? Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, boy. From Fast Company. The release of a new rifle. This is a good one. Okay. Did you ever shoot a gun? One time. In Irvine, the city of Irvine, off of El Toro Road, when yeah. there used to be a shooting range where you could go duck, you could hit those clay pigeons. Yeah. And it went over with a bunch of people and shot clay pigeons with a with buckshot. So and you shot a bunch of times. I shot a bunch of clay pigeons. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, not, technically, I didn't hardly yeah. hit any of them, but I, I shot at them. Yeah. That's it. That's the only time. The release of a new rifle directly marketed to kids has even astonished Mike and I. <laughs> Yes. And we followed the industry's aggressive targeting of children for years. Yes, we have. This new firearm, the JR-15 or Junior-15, overtly advertised as a kid's version of the AR-15, the style of rifle used in 11 of the 12's most high-profile mass shootings, including Sandy Hook in Las Vegas, is the most brazen example of child-targeted firearms marketing Mike and I have ever seen. <laughs> Last month, the JR-15, or the Junior-15, debuted at the SHOT Show, billed as the nation's largest annual trade show for the sport, shooting, hunting, and outdoor industry. The rifle is manufactured by We One Tactical. Isn't that cute? It is so cute. An offshoot of Schmidt Tool and Engineering, which has sold AR-15 components for 30 years. Our vision is to develop a line of shooting platforms that will safely help adults introduce children to the shooting sports, like mass shootings. They don't said. care, do they? They really don't care. I just made up that. I line. know you. I know you thing. made it up, but I mean, I, they don't care. To do that, I didn't meet up the whole quote though. The, up until the mass shooting part. To do that, it's built a gun. This uh, We One Tactical. Uh, they built a gun whose ergonomics are geared toward children. It's lighter than the adult version, the AR-15, at 2.2 pounds, 20% smaller, and it has a patented safety mechanism, not standard in the AR-15, which needs to be pulled out with some force and rotated before it can fire. So they put a safety on an AR-15, yeah. made it smaller, yeah. and marketed it to kids. Yeah. <sighs> Slight tweaks aside, the company boasts that it moderate, that it operates just like mom and dad's gun. Yeah, mom and dad have AR-15s. We One's colorful logo comprises two skulls depicted as a little boy and girl sucking on pacifiers with a gun sight over one eye. The branding keeps the wow factor with the kids. The logos come on. Glow-in-the-dark children's baseball caps, too. Maybe they could work a Disney character into that campaign. What do you think, Nathan? Well, you know, I don't think you know, Disney you know is aligned with We One. Yeah, uh, you I know mean, what's they're a different, well, yeah, different no, kind of trying evil. To, trying to make it. Um, I know. I know. Okay. Right. Anyway, anyway, so separate the two a little so, bit. So, so right, right. So, but they could make an animated series with little kids. You know. Yeah. Yeah. With like, AR-15s or like Junior 15s Ninja Turtles or one of those or Nick at Nick at Night or whatever uh -huh. something in there. Yeah. No, but the thing is about all that is, these companies have. Com are completely insulated from lawsuits. 
Yeah. They have laws all over the country that say you can't sue us, you can't do, you can't touch us. <sighs> so That's when Junior do. shoots everybody at the uh, at the Turkey Day get together, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I don't really the care. Turkey Day. I don't know. I don't care. From Women's <laughs> Health Magazine, yeah. members of the U.S. Women's National Team reached a settlement with the U.S. Soccer Federation that will guarantee equal pay with the men's team and offers and offer players millions in back pay, ending a six-year fight in a gender discrimination case. Mm -hmm. The $24 million settlement, $22 million of which will go to the players behind the suit, was effectively an admission that U.S. soccer, that's the organization right. itself, right. Uh, had not paid its women's team equally. That's right. It won praise from prominent figures, including President Biden, who called the case a long overdue victory in the fight for equal pay. This is going to be one of those incredible moments that we look back on and say the game changed forever, U.S. soccer changed forever, and the landscape of soccer in this country and in the world changed forever because of this, said Megan Rapinoe, one of the players who led the suit. Yes. In the world of professional sports, where some of the deepest divides remain in pay and working conditions between men and women, the U.S. women's national team commanded a powerful platform from which to challenge inequality. It had for years been far more successful than the men's team. Yes, yeah. they won four World Cups. Which failed to qualify. The, the men's team failed to qualify yeah. for the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. And its high-profile players had substantially larger platforms than many men. Yeah. In some time periods, the women brought in more revenue than their male counterparts, too. Just I don't televised. watch soccer. I watch the women's semifinals and finals in those World Cups yeah. because I was. there was a compelling story and they are good at yep. what they do. Oh, they're great. Yeah. And, and by, by the way, remember the huge stink that happened uh, when women in the, in prof, uh, the, on the professional tennis tour wanted the same pay uh -huh. for winning a tournament and how that that went on for years. Finally, they got it, thanks to people like Billie Jean King and others who yeah. stepped up and really made that happen. So, yes, this is progress, it, it, and it should be. I get revenue for the WNBA is what it is for the NBA. I understand that. But the quality of the product is excellent in yeah. the WNBA as well. They should get more money. Yeah. <sighs> now, are you done? I, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm going to have to take a nap after after this one. Well, so you know, it's there's this whole cloud hanging over us here with with uh, with Russia's invasion yeah. of Ukraine. I just and heard somebody on the way in talking about sort of the incremental steps that if we're not careful. We will be actually face to face with Russia in a combat situation. Yeah, it's not that hard, and I won't get into all of it. Maybe next week we will talk about it. But no, it's not. It's it's. I wouldn't say slippery slope. That's too facile to say it that way. But there are circumstances if that everybody wants to see, which put us in a more direct confrontational situation with Russia. Yeah, and 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 you know that's not good. And finally, a thirty year. A 38-year-old man admitted himself to a New York hospital complaining he had difficulty breathing through his right nostril for the past several years. Doctors discovered he had a deviated septum, a condition where the partition between nasal passages is pushed to one side. Mm -hmm. A rhinoscopy conducted with a small camera discovered the cause. A tooth oh. growing on the floor oh. of the right nostril. The ecotopic tooth, a term for a tooth growing in an abnormal place, was measured at about a half inch long. 
The surgeon said they removed the tooth without complications, and during a follow-up visit said the man was able to brush, brush normally through though both nostrils. Well, he was able to breathe normally. Mm -hmm. He didn't brush normally. He brushed his nostrils. <laughs> well, he could have. Uh, he had known. He had a let's try again. Yeah. The surgeon said they removed the tooth without complications. And during a follow-up visit, said the man was able to breathe normally through both nostrils after flossing his nose. <laughs> you can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.